Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. Satnam. This is Hariram coming to you from the beautiful sound temple of San Marcos in Guatemala with episode two of the Long Dark Night of the Soul podcast series. In this episode, I want to speak more about the human condition also known as misery. We'll touch on bipolar versus manic depression and go deeper into the dark night. What is it? Why is it? Why the suffering, the anguish, And the question of sin, redemption. And it's only fitting that I start with my own story, my own long, dark night of the soul. 1994 is when things really came to a head better to say, a low point. For the first time, really, in my life, at the age of 31, going on 32, I experienced depression, dark, foreboding, chronic depression, the kind of depression that doesn't go away when you wake up the next morning, the morning sun, the birds singing. In fact, the depression I'm speaking to can be such, can be so overwhelming, so demoralizing, that even the sound of birds singing in the morning outside the window can be painful, a painful experience. Why is that? Well, in my case, the depression got so real, in a sense, so pervasive, all-consuming, that any expression of joy, 
whether it was a bird, a dog, other humans, triggered deep, deeper anguish, jealousy, resentment, self-loathing, of course, was at the bottom of that. Yes, we have to confront our own self-loathing, self-rejection. This is why I say, the long dark night of the soul proper can only begin, one can truly embark on this sacred, profound, most challenging journey when we are ready, when we've done the preparation. In my case, two intensive years of study with the Shiatsu Master from Japan. I had dreams during that two-year period that I never had before or since. I literally had fire coming out of my arm. I had dreams with cobras, all kinds of fascinating stories. Um, it was a profound healing path those two years in Shiatsu school. And that was just the beginning because then I was turned on to Kundalini Yoga and went in head first, such as my nature, dove in, uh, started doing early morning sadhana, 4 o'clock in the morning till 6.30 every morning. For a period of months I was hooked. It's intense. And eventually started teaching. However, that opportunity did not come until after the long dark night of the soul journey, which lasted almost exactly 18 months, a year and a half of misery. But for one day, one moment, not even a full day per se, I love sharing this because about halfway through that grueling ordeal, 18 months, I was inspired to do a elderberry juice cleanse, a three-day fast. Nothing much was happening until the third day, the final day of the fast. I had this moment, a revelatory moment, oh, and this great sense of relief, the burden being lifted from my shoulders, from my back, this great weight that I'd been carrying. So I had a glimmer, turned out to be a glimmer, because the very next day, having ended the fast, I fell. I fell hard, right back into the tunnel, that dark, long tunnel, cold. There's the loneliness, the loneliness of the long dark night of the soul cannot be overestimated or undervalued. It's, it is part and parcel of the experience. A necessary step towards redemption, rebirth. We must confront our loneliness. In the very pit, the very bottom of that abyss lies what I call the deepest fear of all, 
self-annihilation, suicide, complete abandonment of the self. For many, the suicidal thoughts come. Many contemplate, and still many will attempt, and some succeed, as my sister Paula did. Yeah, her story is interesting, her suicide story. I'll get back to that. That feeling of loneliness is the precursor, though. This feeling of being completely isolated from society, even from our own family, our community. And not because they have rejected us. That's, that's equally fascinating. No, because we have rejected them. We've re rejected ourselves. And in doing so, we've rejected our community. And God, even. Yes. In my case, there were many questions and doubts. Where is God in this? To quote the Master, has thou forsaken me? And the accompanying guilt, sense of shame. I must have committed horrible sins against spirit to be placed in this dark tunnel of despair. And perhaps Paula's suicide helped to steer me away from those thoughts, or at least acting on those thoughts. However, there did come a time later on revisiting, this is another topic related, of course, revisiting the long dark night of the soul, as I discovered. One is not home free, uh, even after the profound awakening that I experienced at the end of those 18 months, which I'll speak more in, in more detail about in a later episode. Don't want to miss that one. <laughs> Miraculous stories involved circumstances. Yeah, suffice to say that the awakening process, as I experienced it, was nothing less, nothing short of miraculous, divine. I've rarely before since then experienced the divine in such a profound way, leaving me forever, forever knowing and trusting that God is real, God does love me, that I live in a beautiful, loving cosmos, everything is on purpose, which brings us back to the dark night. Why this misery? Why this deep depression? And the answer is, it is part and parcel of our divine purpose, why we're here. The human condition is misery in its many shapes and forms. Excitement is another form of misery. Do not confuse excitement with contentment, the very two very different realities. One is an emotion, which is adrenaline-charged, um, which actually can put stress on the heart itself. You know this from uh, Chinese medicine. Excitement can damage the heart. Of course, that makes sense physiologically. Contentment is something very different. 
Contentment is a state of being and is of the heart, the true heart, the tiny heart. It is peace, it is expansive, it is relaxing. Excitement is none of those. I mentioned two of the factors that prepared me for this ominous journey to the, the valley, that dark valley, the valley of despair, loneliness. Besides my training in person Shiatsu and soon after Kundalini Yoga, the third essential part of that equation preparing me for this sacred journey was committed relationship. And I will speak more about this too in a future episode. Can't be uh, ignored. Committed relationship. Wow. <laughs> For a man especially, I think, is potentially the most intense and profound medicine available. The love of a sacred partner, in my case a woman, who I will refer to as Guru Darshankar, as we both met in the Guru Ramdas Ashram, where I received my spiritual name, Hari Ram Singh. She received before me, requested a spiritual name, and received this beautiful name, Guru Darshankar. She was there for me throughout the entire dark night, in the best way she could. And uh, looking back, she provided amazing support throughout everything that that I needed, which was sometimes to avoid and, and kind of push away, create more space for herself. Yeah. During those 18 months, we were living together and we also lived apart. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of turmoil in my life. So that relationship played a huge part in the whole process, the ordeal. Now, having reached the age of 59, I'm at a new stage in life. I call myself now a radical conservative. <laughs> I have new, newfound respect and appreciation for conservative values. What are they? Family, God, freedom, freedom of faith, to choose our faith, the freedom of the family. The family is sovereign. And Guru Darshankar, at that time, that I plummeted into depression, was challenging me in the most sincere, innocent way, challenging me to become a man, already in my 30s, to be responsible, to build something with my divine partner, Yes, she spoke about marriage often. We never did tie the knot officially. And she wanted to have children. She was very clear up front about that. And that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Commitment. Perhaps the greatest challenge of vast number of men today. Commitment. 
commitment to our beloved, to our family, to our community, and above all to ourselves, to live with honor. Yes, those traditional conservative masculine values, dignity, honor, truth, selflessness. Very challenging. I was raised in a time of media insanity, preaching selfishness, the opposite, positive mind, get, get, acquire, ambition, succeed, recognition, and all of those things contributed to my long dark night of the soul. When we are put under so much pressure from an early age, in my case, as with many of my peers, um, attending private school, having to always pass the grade to, to, to get admitted to a private school, for example, and then to get the right grades to be promoted to the A, um, how do they say it? Upper Canada College, where I attended private boys' school in Toronto, Canada. There were two levels, the A and B. So to be in the B class was seen as inferior to the A's. The A's, of course, were the ones getting the higher marks. Um, so I did make it. I made it to the A. And there's always that pressure, right, as with sports, to be number one. Of course, not everyone can be number one. Hence, the misery, the pain, sense of failure is thrust upon us from an early age. It's all or nothing, win or lose. And in that scenario, that whole mindset thrust upon us, there are only a few winners. The rest are losers. What's interesting, even the winners are losers in this scenario. Never satisfied, always afraid of dropping, becoming one of the many losers. So yes, I was depressed before 1994 when it all came crashing down. The difference is that I was not aware of it. I was not aware, it was so pervasive. I was swimming in it, in a sea of depression, manic depression, mania, depression, the seesaw. And the ones who were seen as success stories, from this point of view, are the ones who were most successful in the mania side of things. The achievers. Thus, we, we see many burnouts, certainly in the movie industry, music industry. I mean, even just to call it an industry, that the arts have become industries, is telling. But we could, we could rattle off name after name of, of recording artists, performers of all kinds, who destroyed themselves. And it's fascinating that, that suicide 
has many subtle layers. If a person dies from an overdose, for example, as happened with many of our iconic rock stars, was it truly unintentional? Or was there some aspect of the, the death urge, the suicide urge, that preceded their untimely death? So I'm going to sing a song. This is a song that helped me through my personal dark night of the soul, before, during, after, by the great songwriter Joni Mitchell. Something, what can it be? I hate you some, I hate you some, I love you some. I love you when I forget about me. be strong. I want to laugh alone. I want to belong to living. Alive, alive. I want to get up and jive. I want to wreck my stockings in some jukebox dive. Do you see? Do you see? How you hurt me, baby. Then I hurt you, and we both get so blue. for the key to set me free.
Today's podcast is brought to you by the School of Nod, International School of Kundalini Yoga, Nod Yoga, Psychodrama, and more. Founded by the dynamic soulmate duo Hariram and Satkirtan, the School of Nod offers unique and transformative online programs. Satkirtan and Hariram have between them 30 years experience leading classes, workshops, kirtan, and retreats. For more information, go to www.schoolofnod.com. And now, back to the podcast. WGTN Guatemala. It wasn't until some years later, this has been an anthem for me, this song. Joni Mitchell's All I Want from the Magnificent Blue album. It was many years later that I experienced this song from a completely different perspective. And it made a lot of sense that perhaps she wasn't addressing a lover when she wrote these beautiful lyrics. And that she was addressing herself. Mm -hmm. Because if there is one lesson, and only one lesson, that we must learn, if we want to extricate ourselves from this long, dark tunnel, the long, dark night of the soul, that one critical thing is self-love, self-acceptance. Everything stems from that, from the lack thereof to the fullness thereof. There is no in-between in my experience. It's all or nothing. We're either in it, it being love, expansive, beautiful, delicious, pure grace. Yeah, love is bigger than us, much bigger. Or we're not in it, we are rejecting it, we are withholding it, literally. This is important to state. <laughs> That love is the only reality in this entire multiverse. Love is it. So anything not love, whether individually, collectively, anything that is not love, is simply a distortion of it, a withholding of love. Love is all-pervasive. Love is the very air that we breathe, the water we drink. Love is in the wind, all the elements, in every creature, large and small. Every blade of grass is love, manifest. And therein lies the, the dilemma, the long dark night of the soul. And why I say that readiness, that preparedness, in my case, was love is real. And yet, you know, having studied this in my own practice as a healer, and soon to be a yoga instructor, knowing these beautiful 
concepts, spiritual truths on some level, understanding and yet feeling cut off somehow, unable to bridge that gap, as if enclosed in a self-made prison, cage. It's like that classic story, metaphor, with the bird whose cage door is wide open, yet cannot leave the cage. The door is open, and this is part of the misery, seeing that the door is open, still feeling paralyzed, numb. Yes, there is a numbness that, in my case, comes along with the long dark night of the soul. Feeling numbed out, depressed, low energy, chronic fatigue, and stuck in a long dark tunnel with no light at the end. <laughs> Doesn't that sound just so inviting? <laughs> I'll say this too about the preparation. In my case, Kundalini Yoga, Shiatsu, these are things that build strength and stamina. One needs tremendous stamina to traverse that dark tunnel. Very important. I had it, luckily. I, I needed it. I wouldn't be here sharing my experience in this way, offering some wisdom, had it not been for that stamina. Courage. Underneath all of the anguish, the despair, courage must remain. The desire to move. Even when one feels as if both feet are stuck in deep quicksand up to the hips, whereby it feels that like any movement only exacerbates, only makes the journey more perilous. They might get sucked down deeper. I remember watching some children's television programs during that period. I spent a lot of time alone because I was, I felt completely unsociable, like unable to relate to others, even my own blood family. Avoidance became a huge part of my daily routine. Avoiding contact with others. So I turned on the television and I watched some programming that I hadn't seen since my youth. And somehow found solace in that, however fleeting, shallow. And I did mention that the third all-important factor, having a loving partner who was there for me, dealing with her own issues at the time, and gently, sometimes not so gently, coaxing me to reveal more of myself, to be present, not to run away and hide. And it was difficult. I had a job that took me out of the city once a week 
and had this memory of, of driving back into the city, feeling happy on one side. Well, of course, happiness was more just a, <laughs> a concept at that time. I could not feel any true happiness. So looking forward and not looking forward to reuniting with my beloved. Yes, uh, there was hesitation. I remember arriving back in the city and taking a little extra time uh, before going home to see her. One of the nice things about that was that I, I used that time to buy some flowers for her. I always brought flowers. And yet at the time, I did not feel the, the beauty and what a lovely gift to bring flowers to your beloved. At that time, I got into a men's group where, um, for the first time, I had the opportunity to experience psychodrama, the power of psychodrama, which, of course, I didn't know at the time would become an integral part of my path as a facilitator and mentor for others. The job that I had gave me access to alternative health care coverage, which I took full advantage of. So uh, besides Guru Darshankar, I had support of other friends in the community, acupuncture, uh, rebirthing, two very dear friends from the Kundalini Yoga community, one this naturopath who practiced acupuncture and other modalities with me, and another dear friend, Kundalini Yoga instructor, who was also trained in rebirthing and offered to give me a series of 10 sessions free. Those were the, the special angels that made huge difference yeah, so look for that too. <laughs> if you are still traversing this dark tunnel, know that there are angels around. And the challenge then is, is to be open to receive, to accept their gifts. As I already mentioned, when one is deep in that chronic depression, dark night, LDNS, there's a tendency to close ourselves off, to close the door on the cage, say, no, thank you, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there can be pride, all these silly things that prevent us from receiving the precise help that we need in the moment. And rebirthing was a phenomenal experience for me. Even the chiropractor that I was seeing at the time, um, I don't know if I was still seeing him, but just previous to that, part of the preparation, uh, turned out to be a very skilled shaman. He had gone further with his studies to learn all about cranial sacral therapy, went all the way with the somatic healing and so on, and at the same time was developing his own shamanic skills, which... Again, I benefited from profoundly. So there were many parts to this journey, 
just to prepare me for what I had to go through. And then all the way through it. It was a good thing that I had that job for a good part of the 18 months. The job was actually uh, working as a therapist in a spa, a high-end spa outside of the city. And I was able to keep my commitment. I was very quiet. It was one of the benefits for me at the time, uh, working as a therapist. I didn't have to talk so much to the client. Because I often had very little to say. I laugh now, tongue, you know, that, I, that I could be tongue-tied. Anyone who knows me now and since then knows that I rarely am at a loss for words. <laughs> rarely. So, we'll wrap up this episode. It's coming back to the original theme of this episode, which is the human condition which we can also call the long dark night of the soul. Individually and collectively, we can see it right now, right in front of our eyes. There's a collective long dark night of the soul and it's being exposed. So in that same sense, our whole global community, certainly pockets of it, are now ready, we're prepared. Because everything is being revealed to us. It's right in front of our noses. Of course, some of us can't see it. I know this is another symptom of the dark night of the soul. We cannot see what's right in front of our face, hidden in plain sight. Osho likes to use the, the metaphor of the, the mirror that is coated in dust, layers and layers of dust packed onto the mirror. The mirror is not clear at all. It is clear underneath the dust. We've plastered so much dust over our mirror, our consciousness, our awareness. We cannot see what's right in front of our face. And I will speak more about mirror work uh, later episodes. <laughs> yes, mirrors have played an important part of my in my healing journey, personal healing journey, and in. in helping others, facilitating profound healing for others. Mirror work is fantastic and has many applications. So, on that note, <laughs> we'll end this episode with our longtime sun song, Celtic traditional song that Yogi Bhajan adopted for all the Kundalini Yoga instructors. May the long time sun shine upon you. All love surround you. And a pure light within you guide your way Guide your way on. Guide your way on.
Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, share if you like what you hear. Uh, the next episode will be coming out shortly. And as I mentioned, I'll go deeper into committed relationship, how that plays into both the, the dark night of the soul and our rebirth from it. Satnam Waheguru, blessed be. We thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode. We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Sat Nam!